Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This week, we are doing the Metal March Essentials playlist. Yeah, buddy. So let's get into it. We are one! Can't take me apart! Can't take me apart! Can't take me apart! Can't take me apart! No, you All right, guys, we're here. We're doing Metal March Essentials Playlist. Kevin, what's up, man? Not much, dude. Fucking tired of shit, as always. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I went to Bill Murray show last night. Fuck, kicked ass. Uh, I was, I, not like I was expecting it to be a bad show, but it was it was better than I expected it to be, for sure. It was it was a kick-ass show. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was um, my second time seeing him in, like, five months. So he played completely different songs there were a few that that made it in both but it was really cool that he mixed up the song list he's got so many songs and getting to hear some old cuts um his banter was a little bit more than the last show i think he crammed in way more songs last time but an amazing show and it's an experience that i think everyone should see even if it's not super heavy metal i would say no it's i i i label it as like prog emo is what I what I think Bill Murray is. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But yeah, it w- it was an awesome show and it was a good good time. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun for sure. Um, the but, opening act. Eh. Yeah, they were working progress. <laughs> they, were they were fine. Dayton, Ohio, though, stand up. Yeah, it was uh, their forty second show. I'll give them I'll give them props for doing what they did in forty two shows. Yeah. Um, we're here to discuss Metal March Essentials. We talked a couple albums. And I, th- I think we thought it was a good way to send off Metal March by just like doing a playlist, kind of talking about some of the big names, big songs. You know, we've beat around the bush on some of these. Like, I think we've talked Fear Factory a bunch, Slayer a bunch this month, um, Megadeth, Black Sabbath, all these bands that um, that we're going to get into today. We've kind of danced around them by talking about other artists. So I think it's a good idea to just make a playlist, get some songs out there that... Um, you know that seem like if you are just getting into metal march if you've been following us because you listen to the eddie munson playlist and you're like i need some like good 80s 90s 2000s uh metal this is a good place to start yes sir so let's start with one of our audience submissions uh ben carter says tonight the stars revolt by power man 5000 um and we've got his email pulled up oh we, I mean, I assume you mean you. And by we, I mean me. <laughs> uh, Ben's email is titled, God, I Love Music. It's been a wonderful month for music, boys. Experiencing metal, new, old, and just new to me. At the same time, enjoying some new EDM finds of my own has been the sweetest of juxtapositions. For the playlist, I'm going to write out with some Power Man 5000. Tonight, the Stars Revolt. Both the song and the album were Lil Baby Benji's uh, first brand of metal, Enjoy the sweet sounds of the 90s. Keep on rocking and rolling. Benji, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I listened the wheels off this album when it first came out. It's, uh, it's fucking awesome. I actually have a funny story about this. And I don't know if it's funny or not. It's funny to me. Um, so my, my 
friend Adam, his older brother, stayed home sick from school one day, and I would always go over to Adam's house after school. And when we walked in, he's like, I, fu- I figured it out. And he just spent the whole day listening to this album and he figured out it's like a concept album. Like all the songs are interconnected and tell a story of like a, a robot revolt. And it's uh, pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, that's uh, that was a worse anecdote than I thought it was going to be. But it's, <laughs> no, it it's a amazing. cool album. No, it's a cool album. Uh, Power Man 5000, specifically this album fucking kicks ass it's uh it's a perfect blend of like new metal ish stuff and sci-fi and uh spider's vocals are awesome the i don't know it's just a really really cool album and this is i i'm surprised he didn't do when worlds collide because ben and i we used to listen to that song constantly either way um great album great song this definitely was one of my favorite songs from our playlist and yeah, su- super. I couldn't even put my finger on it. It kind of felt like um, White Zombie or Rob Zombie at times, but yeah, very Spider very cool. And, Spider and Rob are brothers. Oh yeah, so, yeah. There you go. That's why they sound similar. <laughs> it's like my older brother and I have the same exact laugh. So if we're in the same yeah. room, you don't know who's laughing. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah. Maybe octaves. I might be a little bit lower than Dalton, but. Irregardless, it was a great song, Ben. Um, you really outdid yourself this week, and you sent the email that Ben that Louis did not send. So, so back to number three. Man, the it's a heavyweight back match. To, back to the number three, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Louis We're basically gets solely on emails. It's got to be number. Three. <laughs> yeah. Yep. With the hot hand we keep going with. Um, Louis Curran says "Becoming" by Pantera. I wasn't familiar with it. Is this late Pantera? Uh, later, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking Pantera track. It, it, it rips. It's, uh, I don't know, man. It's, I, 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 I struggle to find a Pantera song I don't like. Like Primal Concrete Sledge might have been my least favorite for a while, but then I, on my most recent deep dive, I was like, no, Primal Concrete Sledge kicks ass. <laughs> sold yourself again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Becoming is another great Pantera track. It's uh, a little bit faster than a lot of their other shit, but it's fucking, it's still fucking good. Man. It's Pantera, baby. There ain't nothing wrong with it. Yeah, except the racism. But you know, <laughs> we, we can overlook that for some fucking for some good music, I guess. Eh, just some southern boys, you know. Yeah, just just some southern Texas boys. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we didn't we uh, we did kind of a quick uh, recording and we didn't put out a lot of feelers. So we really appreciate Ben and Louie hitting us up as quickly as they did. I know Mason does said pick for me. He basically said auto draft for me, and we're we're not going to do that. I refuse. Um, so yeah, pay or don't, Mason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our picks. Um, my first pick is Turn Up the Night. Turn Up the Night! By yeah, Black yeah. Sabbath. Um, you know, I had to come out the gate with a twofer. It was kind of cheating because I picked a Ronnie James Dio slash Black Sabbath um, era of Black Sabbath. And I love this chorus. The gar- guitars are immaculate. And it's all you can ask for. And it sounds way better than you would think it would sound from 1981. Hundred percent, dude. It's uh, this. I I always just, I I always forget like the time frame that uh, RJD was in Black Sabbath because his like solo career was so close to it. So I always just assume 
I don't know. Was he doing them concurrently? I don't remember. But either way, uh, yeah, this this doesn't sound like it could have been the seventies two years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I I watched a documentary which I'm going to talk about when you get to your do pick. But there's a documentary on Showtime that I watched. It is excessively long. It's almost three hours, and yeah, me that. and my little brother watched it, and it's it's very interesting because I knew about Rainbow and I knew about Dio. I did not know he was in Black Sabbath. I did not know he was as old as he was when he was doing all this. He sounds young and exuberant, and I mean, he's in his late 30s when he's making this. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, you, 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 I don't know. He always looked like he was about 60, <laughs> even when he was 30. Um, so I don't know. He just seems kind of like one of those ageless, ageless people that's been in, was in music forever. I mean, even when he was in The Pick of Destiny, he looked about the same. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, anyway, uh, all hail Ronnie James Dio. I, I don't tell Ben this, but I think I prefer Dio Black Sabbath over Aussie Black Sabbath. I'm not gonna lie to you. I do too. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not as dark and brooding as like Aussie Black Sabbath, which is like people point to that to like the, one of the true, like founding bands of like what metal eventually became, but Dio Black Sabbath is just a lot more fun, and I'm ready. To, I'm ready to fucking party after uh, blazing this out of the t tops of your I Rock Camaro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're not if you're not doing that, you ain't got a pulse. I uh, I bought the cassette tapes of the Black Sabbath with Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio, and man, they just it feels so good. I'm gonna post mm-hmm. that with with our uh, all the tapes I have of the songs that we picked. I'm going to put those as a little post with our Instagram. So check out our Instagram. I'm super excited because those are kind of harder to find. They they were a little bit more expensive, but it w- it's such a weird... It doesn't seem right. Like, Ronnie James Dio and Black Sabbath, I guess for me it was just like a lapse in knowledge, but I was floored to find out that he... I love his vocals, and I'm not yeah. crazy about Ozzy's, so like mixing Black Sabbath sound with Ronnie James Dio just like felt like a match made in heaven. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, I, I do really like Ozzy's vocals a lot. Um, I just think I prefer Dio. And it's weird because it's not Dio's vocal is not something I would traditionally really like, but it's just something about the whole package with Dio. The fact that I know he's like three feet tall and he's got this giant booming voice. It's, I don't know. He's just a cool dude. Uh, speaking of it, uh, rolling right along on the Dio train, uh, I picked Rainbow in the Dark by Dio <laughs> from the Holy Diver album. Did you do that on purpose? Like you saw my first I, pick and you were like, "No, I ne- I never look at your picks before I pick." And then if I have a repeat or something or something's too close, I usually remove it. But uh, this one, I felt I felt like Dio deserves some props, and we, I almost feel like we should do a Dio December, kind of like we did the Scumdog September. Dang, yeah, because he's got his discography is a massive. Uh, so just doing like playlists, like break it up by like decades or whatever, like we did with Guar, might be a lot of fun. Um, um, yeah, hundred percent in. Sweet. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that changes in a few months from now. But yeah, Dio December would be it would be fucking kick ass. Uh, but yeah, when you think of Dio, you think of this album, and you most likely think of this song, either that or Holy Diver. Um, it's everyone. Everyone's dad loves this song and loves this album. And now that we're of the age of dads, <laughs> it's time we it's time we talk about Rainbow in the Dark. Um, it's one of the most easy like sing along tracks out there. And if you don't sing the beginning of that chorus, the 
No sign of the morning coming. You've been left on your own. Just a rainbow. Like, it's just so fucking good, dude. Um, if you don't sing that, I don't trust you. That's just really what it boils down to. If you haven't sat in the pickup truck with your dad hearing this chorus while <laughs> dad and mom are fighting and you're going to putt <laughs> you're going to putt putt with your dad <laughs> while he yeah. lets off steam. <laughs> and this That's song isn't playing. <laughs> you just hear your dad muttering the whole time and you're like, I beat you. He's like, I don't fucking care about this. Put on Rainbow in the Dark Radio. <laughs> And then, and then he gets a holy dive. Holy dive! <laughs> All right, I'm ready to go home. In the midnight sea. <laughs> yeah, Dio, Dio is divorced dad music for sure. Yeah, but at least good. mom and dad arguing rock, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I You were talking about dad, like we're getting to dad age. I definitely felt that last night at that Bill Murray show, dude. Like... Just like yeah. we were like muttering to each other, like, ah, oh, look at them looking yeah. for attention. Look at them yeah. in the pit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with their lower uh, backs intact. <laughs> yeah, we were the guys holding up the wall with our arms crossed the entire show. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with it. I yeah. don't need to be in a mosh pit. I don't need to crowd surf. Um, my my feet it. hurt and we leaned on a wall all night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept sweating feet like every two minutes. I'm like, fuck, man, I'm tired. Ugh. Find me a music venue where everyone sits down, and I'll be in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Something I learned in that documentary about Ronnie James Dio is that he was 41 when this Holy Diver album came out, and that's just fucking wild to me because he seems so young and so full of life. And not that 41 is is old, but it seems so youthful. And you know, this song is iconic for so many reasons, but his voice is just captivating. It's just so. Iconic. You hear his voice, and you think of like, like someone like putting their arm up on the stage or doing the devil horns. You know, he Dio's thing, man. Yeah, he is such a good iconic person to to be like the front man of metal, especially in the eighties. Yeah, he's he may be the best metal metal front man of all time. You know that although the fads came and went, but he was you. He was a constant for sure. Yeah, he was always just Ronnie James Dio throwing his devil horns up on his little tiny face and uh-huh. uh, yeah man fucking i love i love Dio so much uh my second pick is blood red by slayer and <clears throat> i think we've been hinting at slayer now for a while now mostly because i've been doing like a, a slayer deep dive i've been buying cassettes i've been getting in um and mostly because i know so many of my favorite bands are like um that's a direct influence you know so they're the kings of of thrash one of the early early thrash bands and that i i needed to find a song that was kind of a deeper cut that i really enjoyed and blood red was my pick um it's just you know kind of a reminder like when we listened to system of a down i was like man i really want to get into slayer more because those guitars and just like the frenetic energy it's so addicting and it can be almost exhausting, but um, especially in the like early '90s Slayer, that's where I really found I was really into it because '80s kind of felt a little more slower, but '90s they just like the speed was pick- picked up quite a bit. So hearing this and then being like, "Oh my God, this influenced so many of my favorite bands, and I love this. I get why they loved it." Uh, was really really cool. 
Yeah, and this is uh, this track is rock solid Evans that I've just been a little too hard on Slayer because I always knew I probably liked Slayer if I gave him more of a chance than I did because um, the riffage in this song is just top notch, top notch shit. I also think the kick drum is being played with atomic bombs in the song. It's just it cuts through everything. It just it like burrows under the ground and like uppercuts you in the face with the, the that fucking kick drum, man. It's um. But yeah, also, like we mentioned with System of Down, uh, you can definitely hear, in especially in the verse verses, like the the style that they're playing is something Soad definitely picked up. Um, but yeah, and I love that we both kind of went back to, we didn't discuss, like, hey, let's pick older r- songs, <laughs> but we both kind of did. I don't think there's anything really that new. I think my newest is my All That Remains track, and that was like 2000. The Barbie and Ken? Oh, that yeah, I guess that's true. That was that was a complete that was a complete and utter curveball. But uh, it's we'll definitely talk the outlier later. among. I... <laughs> it's not an essential. It's just I wanted something weird, and I stumbled across that on Spotify. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. For the most part, we we picked older older tracks, and I I, I really dig that. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, when, when we no, think sorry, of sorry. essentials, like. For me, at least, like essentials, I want to find out where things come from. You know, mm-hmm. everyone, everyone alive now listens to con- contemporary music for the most part. So, finding, hearing these songs and thinking of band, it makes me think of like contemporary bands that I really enjoy. That's what an essentials playlist means to me, at least. Yeah. You put a lot more thought into it than I did. This is just happened to be the mood I was in. Yeah. Cause, like, I wanted to listen to some older shit. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, if I had thought about it a little more, I actually made a playlist when I was writing my blog, and I was my next blog was going to be like the essentials of metal, and I have a pretty good playlist for it. Um, some stuff that like isn't this you wouldn't necessarily think of metal, but you can hear the beginnings of it. Um, but yeah, Doctor Doctor by UFO would have been a great pick for this. I think I made it a song of the show before. Um, but anyway, uh, are you ready to move on? Yeah. All right. Number two for me is Jet to Jet by Alcatraz with two Zs. Um, you nailed my reason for the on the head for why I picked this track. I didn't think you would see that he was part of this band. <laughs> but this was Ingwe's, like f- first big break, I guess. Um, of course, Ingwe being Ingwe, he felt like he, the band didn't respect his talents enough and so went solo quickly after this. Um <clears throat> But yeah, uh, I I really like this track and I really like this album. I was kind of digging into the depths of like the Speed Wars. And I think um, Steve Vai joined this band after Ingway left. So two of the most prolific guitar players of all time were in this band. Almost nobody's ever heard of. (laughs) So um, I could be wrong about that. But I know one of the guitar gods from the 80s joined Alcatraz shortly after Ingway left to do his own thing. but yeah, this is again. It's it's a classic hair metal track that was involved in the Speed Wars of the eighties. Um, incredible chorus. Um, the vocals and the verses are kind of just that classic cheesy hair metal. Um, and Ingwe absolutely shreds his solo, dude. Um, you could hear the the neoclassical starting to come out a little bit. Um, it's not fully formed. Like Ingway just released a new song this week. So I got pretty excited and it's just, it's, it's everything you would expect from it. Um, 
but there were so many bands like this in the 80s like the alcatraz the nitro like it was all just super 80s they all had the same font basically they all misspelled shit um but yeah man that's i i always come back to this song even though i don't it's not my favorite, but because of that, that jet, jet. it's just such a good chord. It's, it, that's all it is, but it's fucking awesome. I was listening to this with Zoe, and <laughs> I made her pick which song was picked by who. And this, without a doubt, she didn't even hesitate. Like, maybe 30 seconds in, she goes, this is a Kevin song. And I was like, yeah. 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 I can imagine... Ingway Malmsteen being someone very frustrating to work with because even in this song the guitar solo almost feels like out of place I love it but it's like imagine being in a band and being in the recording studio and you feel like you got a good take and then (laughs) the guitarist is like and he just like goes off on his own you're like the fuck man this is supposed to be like a a hit track that's supposed to go to the radio (laughs) and you just went on a 45 second guitar solo but um, it doesn't matter, you know. Eighties metal was so fun, and this band only existed from like early eighties to I think they broke up in eighty seven. So, um, kind of a place in time, and getting two really big guitarists is what their legacy is going to be. I think they do like um, some legacy tours now. Like tw- I think twenty seventeen, I saw they got back together and did a tour. Um, but yeah, it's one I'd never heard, and I thought it was really fun and dope track. You. You hear that guitar almost immediately. You think, who do I know that sounds like this? And then I went back to our Metal March from last year, listened to that like intro to the song you picked, and I saw it was eight minutes, and I was like, this is this is him. It's Ingwe. Yeah. It's and then Ingwe, I Googled right. it to verify, and I was like, all right, I'm putting it in my... I'm putting it in I, there. You don't even really have to get to the solo. It's... Uh... It's that's Ingway to a T, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you're right. He's maybe the biggest egomaniac of all time. Um, but I love him for it. Yeah, and I think he would be a giant asshole, but he's also just a giant nerd. And I think it's a it's a wicked combination. So yeah, yeah. and and I'm not saying it's a a good or a bad thing. You know, he's gonna make art he wants to make, and if people are getting in the way of his vision, he's gonna go do what he wants. So. It's who's to say which one's better. You know, if he conforms and does hair metal, then we won't, we don't get, we don't get Ingwe Malmstein, you know? Yep. So we don't get that. His incredible album covers. <laughs> the Fire and Ice album cover is my favorite album cover of all time. Basically just jazz cover albums. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Contemporary jazz music. You can buy it like the register of a coffee shop. It looks exactly like a classical nerd playing like virtuosic guitar. That's exactly what it would you if you think about if you put that type that into an AI generator, you'll get an Ingway Malmsteen <laughs> album cover. I bet he did that and was like, All right, I got my next five albums planned. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so track three for me, Lynchpin by Fear Factory. Now, this is one of the tracks. I've been talking about this like workout playlist I made, and I'm going to include it in the show notes if anyone's interested. Lynchpin, when it came on, I thought it was either Slipknot or I thought it was Korn. Did not know it was Fear Factory. So that chorus, it floored me the first time I heard it. I was working out, and I was like going back, and I hit repeat. Didn't even look at the song. Listened to it again, and I was like, I got to hear it a third time. Repeat. And then the third time, I was like, who is this? Because it does. the more you listen to it, you're like, this isn't Korn. This isn't Slipknot. And then I went and paused it, and I was like, Fear Factory? 
I didn't even remember putting them in the playlist, but yeah, this is Fear Factory, folks. And all you need to know is the chorus that says, Can't Take Me Apart. Can't Take Me Apart! That double kick with the Can't Take Me Apart, that is new metal, baby. That makes me want to do a whole month of new metal again. I'm I'm getting too high on my own supply, but that 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 makes me want to do new metal again. There were so many bands on the fringe of it. Like I would I would consider this more like industrial metal than anything else, but it's industrial with a flair of new metal just because that was the style at the time. But there are so many bands we didn't talk about that we could have for that. I, I felt like we just again, we've talked about it before, but we needed to get the heavy hitters out of the way. But there's so like we should have talked about System of a Down. We sh- we could have talked about Fear Factory. We could have talked about any number of bands that were actually really good. Um, I really like Coal Chamber. I know so- they were polarizing, but we could have talked about Coal Chamber. I-, I would have loved to have talked about fucking Big Truck by Coal Chamber. It's a great fucking song. Yeah, and I I'm not scared to say we might just do New Metal March again next year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid. And like I can feel the toxic masculinity coming out in me when I hear this song. It's like mm-hmm. comes creeping up and it just evokes that emotion. It makes me want to watch like a fighting movie, like Never Back Down or like a super <laughs> alpha movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, uh, Ky- it's definitely Kyle Monster Energy music. For sure. But there was a place for it, you know? Yeah. Especially in the gym. I was like, Yes, yes, I love this song. Even like the clean vocal parts, because I love the clean vocal parts in this song. Eh, it's kind of like dad rocky when it gets to the. Yeah. It's like I don't know, put through like a like a repeater or something. I don't know. It it was fine, but I was like, get me back to the double kicks and the chorus. Yeah, that's fair. I I think maybe this has this song actually has a lot of nostalgia for me. So that's why I was shocked when I saw it on here. I was like, what the fuck? Why why did Dill pick a song that I would absolutely have picked? (laughs) Because that never fucking happens. Um, But yeah, man, never in my wildest dreams did I think you'd put Fear Factory on here. Um, Because I like I said, I played the fucking wheels off this track and this album. I've already kind of talked about everything I wrote. They're more more industrial than than anything else. Um, But and you're you're right because they clearly paved the way for bands like Five Finger Death Punch and all that other horrible shit that's out right now. Um, But the like you said, the 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 double kicks and the guitar work working together, it's super super clean. It's very clearly like digitally enhanced in a studio. Like it's not going to sound that good live probably. But it, yeah, who again? Who cares about studio magic if it sounds fucking good? You're not going to listen to live recordings all the time. You're going to listen to studio tracks. So there, there I are never... certain bands that I I hear them and I'm like, I want to learn more about them. I want to be an expert in them. Fear Factory. I heard this song. It's very similar to how I felt about Slipknot. I hear this song, and I'm like, I want to work out to this. I want to go fucking put my hand through drywall listening to this. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about as simple as you need to be with this song for sure. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and I th- I don't know I feel like I feel like Fear Factory had some like I don't remember if they had like political messaging or not but again who fucking cares <laughs> not not this show there might be a show uh, that that does uh you know deep deep dives into Fear Factory's discography and we might be those guys but we're not going to talk about the meanings of the songs we could be those guys but we ain't yeah so um yeah number three for me. This Calling by All That Remains, um, this is one of the first bands I've ever, I ever saw live. Uh, they played the second stage at OzFest 03. They were one of the first bands that went on 
when we got like when once I got there and they I just remember them I fell in fucking love dude because I'd never heard metal like this before I'd been listening to you know Metallica Maiden shit like that like Guar like that that was my version of metal so this kind of like new kind of progressive sounding metal when the first time I was hearing that in 03 what would I have been like a sophomore in high school like that, it really kind of fucking blew my mind. This is kind of when I, around the same time I was discovering like Sepultura and some harder shit like Demo Borgir. So like this was like, the, I, I heard them live in a very formative point in my music listening life. And they were my favorite act on that stage by a mile. Like there were some big, big acts on that stage, like Cannibal Corpse, Chimera. Like there were some really big acts on that stage. And I still always remember that all that remains set. Um, but yeah, every member of this band is a really fucking rock solid musician. They're two guitarists. Like I think the guy, they've changed it since, but one of the guitarists taught the other guitarist. And so they play very similarly and they're both fucking wizards. Um, I, but the main reason I love this album and this song is the fucking drums, dude. They're so goddamn good. It's like, it's fucking cannon fire. It feels like an A10 warthog swooping down and just firing that nose cannon off the fucking the 50 millimeter nose cannon on the front of the fucking warthog. Just <laughs> that's what it fucking sounds like when this dude hits his double kicks. It's um, it it is, it astounds like, me to this day how clean everything is and how just just so tightly recorded this is. And I don't I don't really remember if they sounded like that live um, because I was more just blown away by like, well, what the fuck is this. So I wasn't like critically listening to it for yeah. tightness, but um, yeah, man, it's fucking great. And I still belt this chorus too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I fucking love all that remains and specifically this album. They've, they've gotten a little bit different now, but uh, yeah, like them and kill switch, kill switch engage both killed that second stage that year. Yeah. It, it's kind of unfair because all that remains on, there's a ton of bands that have like very similar names. So I kind of lumped them all in the same category but this song rocks. That kick pa- that kick pattern is insanity. I don't even know. Like, I, I wonder sometimes if drummers and guitarists think, like, this sounds really cool in the studio. And then they're like, oh, shit, we got to go play this 50 days in a row. And I have to keep this kick pattern up for this entire song. Like, that's got to be really hard to duplicate live. And I wonder <laughs> if they ever have, like, remorse afterwards. Like, I was showing off in yeah, the man. studio and now I got to do it every day. That part where it's, brum, 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 brum. it's just fucking, it's just rapid fire, dude. And the, the guitars are playing along with it. It's, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I guess they could probably play it live, but if they can't, then who, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> They're trying. Yeah. Th- this song felt like it was a huge influence on metalcore that came around right when I was getting into high school. So it's really cool to hear, even if you did it on accident, like, this influenced a lot of the the metal that I really that got me into metal. Um, it was a little different, I think. So it's just cool to hear where it came from, and it's so tightly performed, and it's a lot of fun. This is definitely a, a standout track because it's so metalcore. I think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more than the rest. And I think they get they get lumped into metalcore now too. So you're not you're not off base on that at all. So. Really. Uh, so my track four. Train of Consequences by Megadeth. Guitars. Let's talk guitars. Because that's Megadeth. Um, and that's what most people think of Megadeth. This is a shining example of why. Um, 
Train of Consequence just has the coolest tone. And it I think it does a really good job of blending that 80s metal vocal with the 90s metal feel. And I know you and everyone else don't they don't really care for Dave Mustaine's vocals, but me personally, I dig it. I and I think this is a great track, and I will follow Dave Mustaine into the dark. Yeah, no, I, it's you're absolutely right. Like I traditionally, again, it's it's a vocal I wouldn't necessarily love, but as I listen to more Megadeth, like I I and I used to listen to a ton of Megadeth back in the day, like Symphony of Destruction. I'd played that shit on fucking repeat. Um, but yeah, they've grown on me. They're so goofy in this track because the tone of the vocals don't really match the tone of the music. Doesn't really match the tone of the music. That it's like it, it whatever Dave is singing is completely separate from the musical track, but they all kind of work together, and it's just a lot of fun, man. And they don't take themselves too seriously, especially now that Dave kind of knows he's kind of winding it down. Um, both in his career and his life, more than likely. Um, I know he's not been in the best health, so um, they're just a lot of fun. And I think Megadeth might be the best thing Metallica ever made. And <laughs> I, I think you're right because when I I have a hard time listening to Metallica because they are so serious when they mm-hmm. write their songs. Megadeth, I have fun listening to them. You know, yes. it's it's the difference between like I don't know, like having a super serious uncle and a super goofy uncle, like which one are you more likely to want to hang out with? And for me, like (laughs) I want to hang out with the goofy uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The serious uncle's cool, but yeah, you're going to, you're going to veer towards that fun uncle every now. There's a lot to learn from the, you know, the, the serious uncle and the fun uncle isn't going to teach you shit, but he's going to make, when you, when he takes you to go to laser tag, you're going to have a good time. (laughs) i don't know why i want to go to laser tag and putt putt so bad but it's been on the front of my mind i feel like you brought up laser tag last week too i could be wrong about maybe but i feel like i feel like we've talked about laser tag recently uh (laughs) i can't talk enough about laser tag even though i don't do it yeah megadeth is a lot of fun man i just uh i don't know everything about their steez is just uh it's just a lot more fun than their album covers are amazing too yeah they're great I, I can't i have one of the cassettes and i made sure to pick one of the songs from the cassettes i have so nice yeah yeah this is like the lady hanging the babies up to dry or whatever mm-hmm. by the feet <laughs> yeah it's a fucking ridiculous album cover yes I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of message there that we're missing uh but uh, whatever who cares whoops um yeah, whoop, whoopsie um you ready to move on yep all right fourth pick by me uh, Licking Cream by Seven Dust. Uh, I've I love Se- again. This is another kind of formative band for me. Uh, Lajon or Lajon or Lajon, however the fuck you say his name, uh, the lead singer. Um, he's one of my favorite like vocalists in metal history. He's just got such a unique tone. Um, it's kind of like it rests right in that mid range where it's nice and creamy, and but his growls kind of have that same kind of creamy like texture to it. Um, well, you're making a weird face at me. I've never heard vocals and thought that vocal was creamy. Yeah, it's just like it's smooth, but it's like it's not it's not liquid. It's not like it's not like jello. It's kind of like nougat. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that reminds me it reminds me of Brooklyn Nine Nine, where Captain Holt, the only thing he can think of is like oatmeal. He's like, like oatmeal, <laughs> it sustains you. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a cream. This is not oatmeal. It's cream of wheat. So it's it's a bit smoother than oatmeal. 
<laughs> That's what Lajon's vocals uh, remind You think me that of. the name of the song kind of influenced the the word creamy? Uh, no, I don't at all, but I'm really stuck on the I, word creamy. All right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, no, he just he looks really cool too when he's on stage. Um, Does he look creamy? I wouldn't say his his look is creamy. Okay. No. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna move on. Anyway, uh, he clearly has like great distort the control of his voice and the distortion. Like I said before, his distortion with that really good, clean, like really grounded, like clean vocal makes it work really well. Um, it's 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 unfair to Seven Dust because I think they get labeled as like baby's first metal for a lot of people, but I think they're better than that. I mean, I get where they're getting that from because it's not super heavy. It's pretty accessible. You could play this on the radio and be totally fine. Um, but I think they're better than that. They're better than like your typical, like radio, um, washed out metal. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's really good. I, I like the female vocalist in the song. I think she adds some emotional weight, especially when in the chorus where she's like, uh, crawling down your spine to make you stay like that's so creepy dude it's like it's like he doesn't want this chick but she's like just so clingy he, she's like literally crawling down his spine to make him stay and uh <clears throat> excuse me i was losing my voice there for a second um yeah we should i think we should really do a full seven dust album at some point because i think it would be a lot of fun i'm down yeah this this is a sexual sexual song title track um mm-hmm. And this is another one that, while we're putting it on shuffle, Zoe was like, this is a Kevin pick. I just know mm-hmm. from the album title, or the track title. I was like, yep, you were right. <laughs> uh, I'm not crazy about the female's vocal. I think I kind of uh, uh, contrast you in that way. I just, uh, And I, I don't think it, it, does any, it doesn't do anything but like kind of take the momentum out of the song. Kind of just like sucks the, the, yeah. the momentum out. But everything else kind of feels like a new metal, but rocky, but in a good way. It felt good, and I think we enjoyed that type where it's like this song is not pandery, and we, yeah. you know, in your, you know, in the little part of your belly when something's pandery or not, and this does not feel that. So if it's yeah. but rocky or new metally, I think we enjoy that as long as it's not Nickelback. How do you feel again? How do you feel about that clean vocal? Where I wish you weren't so beautiful in my eyes do you like that part or no? yeah 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 so, uh, that's it that, yeah okay because it's it's probably less of a switch from like linchpin yeah yeah <laughs> so. yeah and this felt very like along the same lines of linchpin for sure yeah they're very similar time i mean they came out at the same time this is the kind of shit this is what i was talking about earlier there's a lot of bands that kind of sound like this around that time that i think would be a lot of fun to talk about because it's i think they've kind of faded from social consciousness a little bit so yeah i i don't think i'd ever heard i've heard of seven dust but i've never listened to seven dust so it was cool my last track i brought out the big guns for the grand finale folks custer by slipknot and uh i gotta tell you kev hot goth girls are ruining my life i think i I tell you that at least once a week um this song makes me think of all the attractive alternative girls on tiktok and I don't even know what the occasion is, but it's just, it was a trending song on TikTok where like girls are like dressed up super goth and they just like sing the chorus or just mouth the words to the chorus. And 
I could sit there and watch it all day. It's kind of like the guy that cleans out the, the stupid things you get on TikTok. You know, like the guy that cleans out the uh, the, the sewer rugs? the sewer drains. And then oh all, yeah, I love those too. <laughs> and then the flooded water just disappears. Like that is yeah. so good. As is watching hot hot goth girls sing the chorus to this song, because you just you that's a perfect summation of TikTok. By the way, what? You go, you you spend three minutes watching a guy stand in a puddle clearing a drain, and then the next thing you swipe up on is hot goth girls mouthing Slipknot. That's I, TikTok. I'm on a page right now called Santa's Philosophy, and all mm-hmm. it is is just Santa giving really good philosophical advice and thought provoking things. <laughs> it's a guy who looks exactly like Santa. It's amazing. I digress. This song is amazing for a lot of reasons, but it's chaotic. It's morbid, and yet it's like the funnest thing you can sing along to. Cut, cut, cut me up, and fuck, fuck, fuck me up. That's it. That's all the chorus is. And I even like the little intro where they're like trying to like talk about how they want to. The guy has like an idea. He's like da 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 da, and then the drums immediately do that. Man, those drums. <laughs> cut, cut, and fuck yeah. me up. If there's one thing Slipknot's known for, it's fucking drums. Dude. Yeah, their, their their drummer is fucking insane. Um, and I've ever I've actually never heard this track before this week. I kind of stopped listening to Slipknot after a certain point because, uh, like Corey Taylor, I think is one of the more cringy people on the face of the planet. And uh, once he started bringing, I, we've talked about it before. Once like Stone Sour predates Slipknot. But once he started to bring more Stone Sour into Slipknot, I was like, nah, I'm I'm done. I'm cool. Um, I'll I'll. I'll listen to him up to like Iowa and I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. <laughs> that's enough. Um, but yeah, either, either way, it's still, it's a good classic, like drop B slipknot goodness. Um, I, I would, re- I was listening to the song. It was maybe the third or fourth time I listened to it this week. And I actually listened to like Corey's spoken word part of the beginning. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is the most Ed Hardy bullshit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm like I can't fucking do it. But Corey's like growls are world class. Once he like gets back into like old school Slipknot mode, I'm like fuck yes, all right, I'm back, I'm back, baby. That that um, spoken word doesn't last long enough because it leads right into the growl, and I lo- I kind of like that. Did you listen to what he's saying though? No, I know we I know we don't do lyrics on this show, but man, is it fucking? It's just the most pompous like pseudo intellectual bullshit, like Joe Rogan level stuff that. You know, if anyone's going to listen to the lyrics, and I'm not dig- digging on anybody that loves loves Slipknot, because I do, but I don't think I've ever pulled up the lyrics to a song. I might have done it when we did one of their albums, but if you're looking and looking for inspiration from lyrics from Slipknot songs, <laughs> you've you've made a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> I, I totally agree with that, and that's why like the fact that he pigeonholes these in here and thinks like people give a shit. That's what I think is so cringy about. Yeah. It's like, shut up, shut up, dude. Just fucking growl and let your drummer do his thing and play fucking cool music. Dance shut for me, monkey. Up. Do what yeah. you're good at. Shut up, Corey. <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, they're, they're truly some of the best drumming ever from from this band, and I will always love them for that. Uh, one of my buddies that I work with, um, shout out Tyler Larsh if you listen. What's up, buddy? He said this is our generation's freebird, or maybe we said it was our national our new national anthem. Either way, I was when I was listening to this, I was like, damn, is it? Is it the no. the categorically no? 
It is not in any well, way, shape, or form. You're only one person. We're gonna we're gonna leave it out to the world to decide. <laughs> I feel pretty good about you're outvoted shape. two to one right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine, fine, dude. That's fine. But I feel pretty good about my chances if we're leaving it up to the world. <laughs> art world, it's up to you. We got to make a change, and I think it starts with Custer being our national anthem. <laughs> Uh, all right let's get in your last track uh yeah let's because i know speaking you of it. cringe by the way <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ whatever dude it, see i don't think this is cringe it's more just like stupid fun um it's barbie and ken by scene queen and set it off um again i had never listened to scene queen or set it off i just was digging through some i got what down a weird spotify rabbit hole looking through a bunch of different like pre-made Spotify playlist looking for something weird and I heard this and I was like oh is this a response to Aqua's Barbie girl in metal form like this is them 20 years later having a domestic that's that's how I see that's how I see this song it's like Barbie girl's like oh it's fantastic it's made of plastic this is I'm gonna fucking shoot you in the face um because we've been we've been together for 20 years and now we hate each other that's kind of why where I got my fun from this song um and it slowly becomes more and more unhinged. Um, it's not like the best song in the world, but I couldn't stop listening to it because I just had a lot of fun listening to the story develop. Um, I know you hate it, but the part where Barbie is finally shooting Ken and she's laughing, like her laugh lines up with the kick drum. That fucking, I was like, oh, fuck yes, dude. That's where I was like, okay, this song is, I can actually put this on the playlist now because there's a really cool part in it. And then... Ken comes back. He's like, "Oh, I'm alive!" And then she just goes, "Die!" to the same fucking part. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, this is metal enough for me." <laughs> yeah, domestic violence is fun, kids. You heard it here first. Um, let me ask you something. This is a female empowerment song, sir. Okay, yeah, domestic violence is cool if it's female empowerment. Um, yeah. yeah. If this awesome. song was called Joker and Harley Quinn, would you like it? Oh, yeah, probably. I don't give a shit what the it, title is. It felt like a cosplay of like Joker and Harley Quinn. Hundred yeah, percent, dude. Everything about this makes me want to like. You have to keep sharp objects away from me when I hear this song because I've heard this song so many times before you, and it's nothing against like female empowerment. I just think this song is so bad. <laughs> I just do yeah. not. I I do not have anything nice to say. It's stupid, and I, yeah. I will never listen to the song again after this week. But it's it's a fucking dumbass, stupid, shitty song. Yeah. But sometimes you need shitty songs in your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you <laughs> did you like what I wrote? Yeah. God damn it all to hell, Kevin. That's that's <laughs> Dylan's only only note. Um, it's very very Louis Louis esque note of you there. Um, actually, Louis would have just wrote. I hate this or this song. <laughs> N- not good. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, not good. It's perfect. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's our Metal March Essentials playlist. Um, let's talk about your song of the show. Yes, I was floored when this happened. I actually, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this album releasing until I saw somebody like post this song on TikTok. I'm like, wait a second, this can't be true. There's no way T-Pain released an album of covers and one of them is War Pigs by Black Sabbath. And I listened to it and I'm like, fuck yes, T-Pain. 
this kicks ass. I love T-Pain to death, dude. His persona, like, for the last four or five years has been – it's been so fun to watch as he just kind of, like, just doesn't give a shit about all the, like, criticism he got for – I know, I think there's a story where, like, Usher told him he ruined music. And, like, Usher was one of his heroes. And, like, that, like, crushed T-Pain to, like – because T-Pain, he was just making music that he liked, and because he used the auto tune, Usher, who's like, is, first of all, where do you get off, Usher? Fuck you, yeah, fuck you, Usher. Um, but he's just such a cool dude, and the fact that he just put out a bunch of like really cool covers, one of which being a fucking long ass Black Sabbath song, and fucking nailed it, dude. I'm a fucking so happy. I just sounded like the banana bread at work guy. <laughs> Fucking fuck, banana bread at work, dude. T Pain released a Calver album at work today, dude. Hell yeah, hell yeah. But <laughs> dude, you're 100 right. This song, I don't think T Pain can do any wrong because, like, he doesn't give a shit. Anymore, he doesn't dude. give a shit, and he gets to do what he wants. And I think that's liberating, and that's and that's exciting for people like us who like we want people to not care because that's when you're doing things without people in mind. And I don't think pandery is the right word. It's like when you're making art for other people and hoping they'll like it compared to like making art because you want to hear it is two completely different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this whole. No, go go ahead. ahead. As to say, when I think you stop caring about things so much, they become so much more enjoyable. I, I love it. We say it all the time. Like, I don't give a fuck. This is our show. Like, we say that all the time. And it's not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like we're the best or whatever, but it's like, that's kind of the way I look at music. I, yes, music should be taken seriously as an art form. But if you take it too seriously, it becomes so fucking douchey. Like, I think that goes for anything. Anything that you take too seriously, you're not enjoying it anymore because you're thinking about it as something that needs to be analyzed and needs to be broken down to its component parts and that's not fun that's just that's just research you know what i mean it's just fucking enjoy music and i think that's what t-pain he embodies that now he's just enjoying everything that he does and everybody else be damned as long as he's having fun dude um i I fucking love t-pain so much and i love the fact that he covered one of my favorite songs of all time t-pain brendan frazier um, Robert Downey Jr., some of the greatest comebacks of our generation, and I, I love, I love this cover album. There's a "Don't Stop Believing" that almost sounds like like a church, like a church choir yeah. singing with him. This album fucking rips, dude. It's so good, and the album cover is amazing. It's just him laying on his side with a rose in his mouth. Yeah. It's it's so stupid, but I love it. Yeah, we in this house we represent T Pain. I would love to do a whole T Pain month, honestly. His discography is deep. At least do yeah. a, a T-Pain draft playlist or something, like where we have yeah, to we go in. That. that would be fun. Um, yeah, we could do it during the playlists in the summer. I'd, be, yeah. I'd love to do that. Um, my song of the show is King of Acting Normal by the Meow Boys, which is a, a shoot-off of Mother Folk. Um, Nate Dickerson is doing like some side stuff that isn't necessarily Mother Folk, but he wanted to make some music. And this song hits right home you know i'm the king of acting normal when my life has gone to shit so i love it um yeah actually his wife is is tattooing me this week so i'm really excited about that too oh shit i forgot about that yeah that's cool as shit yeah 
Yeah, that's fucking awesome. This Everything song is, is cool. connected, man. Everything's connected. Yeah. yeah, this is a cool song. Um, the first time I listened to it, because I had just come off like a very specific brand of metal, I was like, I'm not in the mood for this. And then I went back and listened to it, and I was like, Yeah, this is this is actually this is pretty good. I I enjoy it. Um, I need to listen to it some more. And uh, now that I'm not listening to this playlist as much, I'll probably like it. And especially coming off of Bill Murray and the show we saw last night, I think I'll be more in the mood for this song. But uh, yeah, I liked it. That guitar was like, dun, 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 dun. it's like the post-chorus guitar. And yeah. I think a lot of Cincinnati bands, Motherfolk, um, Harbor. Harbor, they do a really good job of really knowing how to construct songs. And like jamming out is not a, a bad thing. It's not like a, they're not trying to get on the radio. They're not big enough, but like. When you play, I would love to hear this song live because it does rock. It's the same as Mother Folk. Listening to them and seeing them live are two completely different experiences. Same as Bill Murray. Same as all the Ohio bands. It feels like when, yeah. you, when you hear them live, it opens up the songs a lot more. Yeah, and I think I think you're onto something there too because I now that you mentioned that, I do kind of see a lot of similarities, at least in energy levels. And like you're right with song construction with bands that come from around here, it's almost like we're developing a Cincinnati style of rock. Um, even the band we saw last night from Dayton did a lot of that really cool, like quick breakdowny stuff that was super cool. Um, yeah, no, I just said as you were speaking, that kind of struck a chord. I was like, oh yeah, the band we saw last night kind of did the same shit. They they kind of sounded like Harbor a little bit in places, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, hell yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited for our our local scene. There's so much good music coming out, and uh, you know, a lot of good tours and stuff. I've been trying to coerce Kevin into going to shows with me. I buy tickets and I'm like, "Hey, I got an extra ticket." And there, there's there's nothing I hate worse than somebody making plans for me. Well, <laughs> and, and <laughs> holding me hostage. Well, <laughs> um, it, it worked. It worked last night, Bill, and I don't regret doing it. Yeah, but it's not gonna work again. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta wait a little bit next time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. If you want to go check out our, our internet stuff, uh, we got merch at offthebeatencleft.com. Instagram is at offthebeatencleft. Our Twitter is at offclef. Uh, Gmail is offthebeatencleft at gmail.com. And we have a link to join our Discord. So if you want to come in, talk music, um, you get. we normally go to them first for inspiration for songs. And if people want to make picks for playlists and stuff, songs of the show, everything, come on in. That's a It's a place to come in and talk music and talk shit. That's right. It's a fun place for sure. Yep. So, uh, yeah, next week we are going to be diving into Harbor's new album. So get ready. We'll have the link in the uh, the show notes. Yep. Bye. Bye. Do you want you want to try and redo your growl? No, I think it's I think it's perfect perfect snapshot of time. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I recorded that. <laughs> Good, because I uh, I stopped recording.